We're stumped. Conversation, information, and education. For amputees, by amputees. With Paul Newfeld and Chris Marshall. Made possible by Anderson Orthopedics and LimLoss.ca. Brought to you by Anderson Orthopedics, where we specialize in custom orthotics and prosthetics. Come see the group of professional orthotists and prosthetists, where quality, craftsmanship, and comfort is most in, our most important goal. See us on the web at www.andersonortho.ca, or call us at 204-837-7190. Anderson Orthopedics, where mobility is our priority. Good day, everyone. On today's podcast, we're bringing you a special guest interview with Patricia Warren. Now, Patricia is from Brandon, Manitoba, and she is an amputee. Uh, She suffered her amputation when she was 17 years old of an accidental gunshot wound from a shotgun, if you can believe that. Wow, I cannot wait to talk to her. She is here to discuss her failures, her triumphs, her successes, All that that she's experienced over these years being an amputee. We cannot wait to talk to her. Let's listen in. Hey, Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? I am doing good. It's nice to be out here again back in Brandon for a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Things are going well. Things are turning around and we're excited to have you today on the program to discuss your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, no issues. Uh, You know, we've had a couple of conversations privately and uh, your story and your situation has inspired us a little bit to get to know more about you. Yeah. Um, So let's let's just do that. So talk to me about uh, Pat and and who Pat is. Um, Well, I'm 48. Mm -hmm. I live here in Brandon, have done basically all my life. Okay. And um, yeah, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm... A grandmother to a three-year-old da- uh, granddaughter. And wow. Yeah. So life is really exploding for you and your family. It is. That's good to hear. So tell us about the situation that you're in. Let's start, first of all, with let's start telling your story. Let's start with your accident and take me back to those days and let us know what happened. Okay. Um, I... It was March 6th, 1988. I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at home. It was my dad's birthday of all days. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a room off the kitchen that was in disarray, and dad always wanted it cleaned. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, dad's birthday, uh, you know, the cake's made, I'll clean the room. Okay. And uh, got started at that, and had to move the guns were in there mm-hmm. uh, that's where they were stored and i had to move them out of that room mm-hmm. into our kitchen and i was carrying one mm-hmm. and our dog ran by a black lab and knocked the butt of the gun out of my hand mm-hmm. and when it hit the floor it discharged and uh got me right lower left limb okay yeah and um yeah so it was uh Next thing I knew, I'm on the floor trying to figure out what has happened to right. me and trying to distinguish, like, what has gone on. What has gone on? Yeah. And um, realized that, you know, it's quite a mess to my uh, pants and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, thought, well, the first thing that came to my mind was a mantra that we were told in, like, kindergarten. It was like, 911 emergency. Right. 911 emergency. Yep. 
Yeah, so 17 years old, and now I'm five in kindergarten. I'm 911 emergency. emergency. Yeah, so I'm crawling across the floor, thinking I'm going to stand up, but I obviously can't. Yeah. And reached for the phone, and it's back then, you know, 1988. It was a wall phone. It was high up. Yeah. Yeah, and I managed to actually, it was like all I could muster to punch those numbers Mm -hmm. and got uh, 911 activated to come and get me. And did you did you have to speak on the phone or just by dialing they they I, came? I was able to speak on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you So how long did it take for the ambulance to get there? I don't know for sure. Okay. But I think it was a little over five minutes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. in that five minutes, what was life like? Um, I wanted to lie down. Yep. The dog was licking my face and keeping me awake. Okay. Like she knew. Okay. And um, yeah, it was, I just figured, okay, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to get a cast. Oh. You know, the yes. reality. Naivety. Yeah, in, yeah. 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 And uh, um, yeah, like there was no pain. So it was just complete shock. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess the adrenaline and stuff to have no pain that, I mean, you just suffered that gunshot wound. Right. Um, so you're in the ambulance and you're riding to the hospital. How was that trip? Uh, it was fast. Okay. Yeah. Very Were you fast. in Brandon then too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my mom was a nurse, so my dad had gone to pick her up and that's when I decided to clean the room. Oh, and uh, dad was on his way back with mom in the car, and they seen this ambulance going like by. by. Yeah. And uh, mom said, I don't know, someone's in trouble that's in that. We learned that a lot about ambulances. If they're on their way back to the hospital and the sirens are on, somebody is in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, and then to get home and find, you know, police cars and everything and find out the person in that ambulance, ambulance was me. Yeah. Um, so they, of course, went to the hospital and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, was it instant amputation? Like, did it, did it, was there just so much damage there was nothing left to save or, or how did that work? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't know at the time in the emergency, emergency room. Yep. Not a whole lot of memory anyways for that time. Sure. But, uh, I can remember seeing my mom and the orthopedic surgeon yeah standing at the x-ray and mom was just shaking her head okay and i thought okay like i don't know if i'm gonna get a cast or okay or what like, so you, you were know. scared were you ever scared no not really Stri- that's um that's an amazing thing um i talked to a lot of amputees over the time here and the traumatic amputees a lot of them aren't scared yeah like it's always you think about these things as you go through life and you think like what if i got in a car accident what if i fell off a building what if i got hit with a gun yeah or or had suffered a gunshot wound like that's the fear yeah once it happens uh, there's nothing really to be afraid of like it's no you've 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 done that so you didn't feel fear. What did you feel? Do you remember? If you take me back to that day and you're lying there or x-rays or wherever, did, what did you feel? Um, it's, uh, I guess, the like the unknown. That was all I was thinking is. Unknown. I'm going for surgery. I, 
really hadn't had surgery in my life per se. Okay, good, yep. And um, yeah, so it's like, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? Okay, so what happened? Well, they took me into surgery and obviously the damage was... Extensive. Extensive, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a a 12-gauge shotgun. Holy. Yeah, so... Okay. And um, it was... uh, I think around nine or ten when I actually got back to the bed to the room or whatever. Out of surgery, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was four or five hours, you mm-hmm. know, and they kind of looked at it, you know, how like it's not a typical amputation where right. you, you can put the um, seam on the end of the stump. Right. It just kind of goes wherever. Wherever. He, That's traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to do, and the doctor was really good. Tried to do anything he could to. Uh, save as much length of stump as he could. Right. Yeah. So, um, and then waking up in the room, because I could hear my parents at the desk. Okay. it's like, okay, mom and dad are here. Yeah. And um, waking up in that room uh, was like, I still felt my foot. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I do have a cast. Mm-hmm. Great. Like, Great, yeah. Not that everybody wants a cast, but it's better than the options. So. Sure. And um, and then mom came in and told me, you know, and she wanted to see, you know, what was, what the bandaging and what the stump sure. looked like, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was like where the shock really hit. Like, my life is about to change. To change. Yeah. Yeah. So you were 17 years old. Yeah. I would assume you were grade 12? I was actually grade 11. Grade 11? Yeah, yeah. Um, that must have been a huge adjustment. Like, I mean, outside of being an adult and family, yeah. but being a young female, 17 years old, grade 11, yeah. that must have been a big adjustment. It was. I was... Uh I would, you know, you go start in high school and you kind of screw around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got to a point where I was ready to take this school thing seriously. Mm -hmm. My marks were reflecting that. Um, I was working really hard as a student Mm -hmm. and and applying myself to everything. Good. And uh, then this happens. And this happens. So how long were you in the hospital for? They said I was going to be in there for three weeks, and I was in there for eight days. Oh, so you recovered fast. Yeah. And did you want out of there? I would have been okay out. I would have been okay in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of wanted to get out and be with my family and and whatnot. Okay, so you went home. Uh, What was life like adjusting at home after the amputation? Um, Well, for me, it was... uh, it was okay. Like, my mom was a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess the hardest part was the uh, nerve pain. Okay. That comes with all the damage that was mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then getting your balance. Okay. You know, having balance, having strength yeah. to, you know, hop here and there or crutch here and there and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, and... You seclude yourself. The only thing you do is you go out to physio. Yeah. 
and occupational therapy. Yeah. And then you come home. And then you come home. Yeah. There's no going to, I didn't have the energy to go to school or out with my friends. Okay. And really at that point, my mental capacity was not able to handle, you know, the depression yeah. was setting in. I didn't even know what it was. Okay. I just knew I just did not want to go. Okay. Yeah. And talk to me a bit about your friends. Now, I mean, I, that must be a big change too, uh, obviously for them as well. Yeah. Uh, how did that go being 17 years old, grade 11, with a group of friends, obviously? Yeah. How did that go for you with an adjustment between you, between them? Uh, were they coming to see you? Did they understand what had happened? Was it tough? Yeah. Uh, some of them never came. Some of them never came. Yeah. And these were people I was really close with. So these were people that you were close with and they just never came. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I didn't expect that. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I think for them, it was like, holy, like, what am I going to say to her? You know? Sure. Yeah. I think it was fear that was keeping them away, not the fact that they didn't care. And and did that make you mad that they weren't showing up or did you kind of understand? I just was okay with it. Okay. You know? And what about the others that came around? Um, they came around for a little while and then, you know, I didn't want to do anything with anybody. I didn't want to go anywhere. I was just content to sit and sit at home and and their life goes on. Yes. Yeah, they're going to school, they're studying, they got part-time jobs, boyfriends, girlfriends. Right. Yeah, so, which is the way it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. So... You're at home. Yeah. I, I want to. This is a. This is a. A great thing. Um, did your parents recognize that you were maybe slipping into a little bit of a depression? They thought I was just tired from okay. all the physio and the occupational therapy. Um, they didn't really recognize it. You know? Okay. So how long did you go that you can remember that you would say now looking back, right? Yeah. Uh, Pat, looking back on young Pat, you could you can recognize now that that was depression. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how long did you go as a youngster, as a teenager, in that state before? Did you seek help? I did. Uh, you ask for help, or did it was it given to you? Like, take me through that a bit. Yeah, nothing was offered. Okay. Um, I had I, my mom. Well, the one night, I just reached my limit. I was back in my room. And uh, I just lost it. I thought, I'm going crazy. Okay. I am, you know, I need medical help. Like, okay. my head is not right. Like, okay. things are really going downhill for me. Wow. And, and uh, so I finally went out and just said to my mom and dad, like, take me to the a facility. I'm nuts. Like, something's wrong. And I just lost it, you know? Do you remember where that breaking point came? Was there a circumstance? Was there a... Take me, so what I'm trying to get, Pat, is mm -hmm. that perhaps somebody is going to listen to this podcast and they're 17, they're, whether they're an amputee or not, this, right. is, a, this is a topic that, that broads, uh, like that transcends anything. Yeah. This is a depression topic now that we're, we're leading into. Um, there's somebody out there that might listen to this that says, I'm at that same point. Do you remember yeah. what that point was? Um. I think I just like really secluded myself okay. and all my life was revolved around my amputation mm. and 
it was really sinking in that my life is serious. Okay. You know, like things that are going on, they're serious. Like normally I would go out with a friend and, you know, even at 17, have yep. a drink or two. Mm-hmm. Or, of course. Or whatever. Or mm-hmm. smoke a joint because that's sure. what teenagers did. And, right. And yeah. uh, I just couldn't do that anymore. Okay. Yeah. And everybody else was still, of course, because that's what teenagers do. That's what teenagers do. So you you went outside, you, you told your parents you need to go somewhere. Did they take you somewhere? Um, Mom said, well, actually, after this accident, we seen that you were doing so well. Like I was putting on a pretty brave face for everybody. Of course. Yeah. And I didn't want anybody else to be sad or upset. Sure. I don't know why I was mm-hmm. wanting to take care of everybody else's mm-hmm. needs, but... Um, that's what I was doing. And, uh, mom said, actually, we got a call from your high school guidance counselor uh, after your accident. And she says, if Patricia ever has any problems, I'm open to talk to her. Okay. And so the next morning, you know, I got up and that. poured my heart out to her with all these feelings that have been pent up and wow how I've been feeling and and she said to me you are grieving you have lost something wow like we lose a person yeah grieve. you've lost a body part and you've lost the life that you knew yeah so you are grieving wow and I got this little book pamphlet from her and it was called good grief it was just really small 40 pages i read it and it described what i was going through to a t really how i felt how you know do you remember that guidance counselor's name i don't i probably would could come up with it but no she really saved me wow that's amazing and for a school counselor to do that in the 80s that's really um really like effective that 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 was there for you yeah and so they gave you this little grieving thing and it described to a t because a lot of people don't realize that that's a great point that um you go through the same process as any other death disease any of that you you have to grieve for something you've lost yeah yeah and it said in there it takes two years to properly grieve whether it be a loved one or whatever and I think that my life really started again when I was like 19. Okay. You know, like I could, when every time I, I had so many, like when I had my accident, my stump was humongous. Right. It was so swollen. It yeah. Was, it was in the shape of a bell. Yeah. Where it was skinny at the knee and yeah. it was wide at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And Probably the bottom was maybe 24 inches around. Wow. Yeah. And so the once the swelling came down, I had all this loose skin. So yeah. I ended up with like a half a dozen revisions in the first couple of years. Okay. And once it got to a size where I could actually really get mobile, get a prosthetic that worked. Yeah. And uh, whatnot, I started like rejoining society. Okay. Did you go back to school? I tried. Every time I went... I would have to have another revision. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, walking around with textbooks on crutches. Was tough. Was tough. Okay. Mind you, I was probably the strongest girl in the school because you know what rehab does. 
they makes want you stronger. Them to be strong and yeah, yeah. So and did your friends start coming around again, or was it just kind of over? Yeah, no, they started coming again. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. did you start venturing out with them too to start reliving that portion of your life, that teenage life? Yeah. Um. So if you go to that teenager though, did you suffer from? I I hear a lot of youngsters uh, when they they suffer from a lot of things like outside of depression they suffer from that feeling like the body image issues the all mm. that kind of stuff did you go through that uh as well yes i was uh it was hard because there were some people in the school that were very ignorant you know of course understood well, kids know. can be quite cruel oh yeah even at like 18 they're supposed to be adults but no but no yeah yeah it was like you know walking with a friend it was like hey you're helping the gimp or hey you're helping your crippled girlfriend or and i was just like come on yeah come on yeah and did it affect you because that would that's a form of bullying right yeah back in those days and i mean you and i are pretty close to the same age i mean right. we both went to high school in the 80s yeah um i don't think it was reflective then uh, as it is now like bullying was just kind of accepted either you dealt with it or you were a suck right so yeah. that must have affected you as well that that kind of talk yeah a little um yeah it did actually i was quite angry yeah 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 you had every right to be you're going through this massive life change and you've got people who are misinformed misguided and they are bullying you on yeah. top of that you're suffering from your depression and you're trying to get back to life that must have affected you in in quite a negative way yeah yeah um and some of the like the some of the people were the uh um a lot of people looked up to them because they were you know oh the popular crowd yeah team or whatever yeah. like they were the bones of the school, you know? Okay. And so for them to have something to say really, you know, broadened their... It just became more and more people that were looking at me like I just didn't belong, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, it angered me. Sure, of course, yeah. But I just couldn't give it much time. Right, you, know, you had right. too many other things going on. Yeah, yeah. So, did you get a lot of support then uh, in that time? Obviously, we talked about the school friends, but did you get a lot of support from the school itself uh, during that time, um, or from your parents, or from the outside community? Was there support for you then? Um, not really. Like my parents were very supportive. Of I, course, yeah. I lived with them till I was nineteen. Mm -hmm. And um, other than my orthopedic surgeon and my doctor, that was all I really seen for medical. Okay. Yeah, and, but I did three or four months of intensive physiotherapy and occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really incredible the balance that you get yeah. on one leg like when you're in that yeah. therapy session. How long was it before? From the time of the accident, say, till the time that you received your first prosthesis, was that, do you have an idea of how long that took? That would have been in June. So March, April, May, June, four months. Four months? Yeah. And obviously things then weren't the way they are today. No. Was it tough? Oh, yeah. It was tough. Yeah. Tell, tell me yeah. about that, that first, the first little while there. 
Yeah, it took four days where I could actually before I could actually take steps without an aid. Okay. Um, which I just thought, like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm step, I'm walking without crutches. I'm, yeah. You know, on two feet again, and I just it blew my mind. Okay. Yeah, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So you thrived with that prosthesis for a while? Like you were excited, life was going to start to change? Yeah. Once you wear a prosthesis, the stump changes. Yes. So there's another revision and another oh. healing period and then another prosthesis. And it was like around and around and around circle. It just kept going. And did you, I suffered from revisions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did you take them as setbacks or a change for the positive? Um, it was a bit of a setback because I would often have to pull out of school again. Okay. Yeah. So, but every time I got a new prosthesis and got walking again, felt good. And then another revision, you know? Wow. So, and then when I finally had my, almost my last revision, I was, I was 21, 22 Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after that, I started like, thinking about what is my future going to hold. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Between 19 and, well, the I should go back and say, <clears throat> when I was in hospital, the one person that came on day one to visit me, who was just an acquaintance at school, is Jim. And he's my husband now. Wow. Yeah, and he was there. Every time I had a surgery, he would be there. We were just friends. We were just acquaintance, became friends, you know. Wow. And after like the age of 18, we were like best friends. It was just, you know. And he didn't have to. He chose to. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's never seen you as different. No. No, like we were acquaintances at school, so he'd known me as, you know, walking, I was in his class, Yeah, you know, and we sat close and talked and and whatnot, but as soon as he heard about my accident, it was a Sunday when I got my, had my accident, Yeah, my parents informed some of my closest girlfriends what had happened, Yeah, and at school, it was around the school in no time. Of course. And he heard about it and approached one of my good girlfriends and said i want to go see her yeah and she said good go yeah and he came well that's great and he was there all the time and he's still there wow what a great support that that would have been for especially as a 17 or 18 year old female yeah to have that support i mean male or female you had that support so you were able to lean well did you lean on that or did you kind of keep your distance for a while um well for a while i did yeah yeah but once i got um walking on a prosthetic and went back to school for even those short periods of time um he was always there wow yeah and i had one of my girlfriends that um often when you have somebody calling one to know if you can go out or whatever and you say no all the time. They, you, kind they of, stop calling. They stop calling. Sure. I, I had one girlfriend who really stuck around. Yeah. She'd even call my mom. Wow. And say, I want her to come out. I want her to come out. You okay. Know? And so she was really, you know, my support as well. Okay. Yeah. So I had them, the two of them. And wow. And they were there by my side all the time. That 
really. Yeah. So let's fast forward to now. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about some stuff and, and some different things. And so talk to me about a little bit more about what was life like these adult years um, before, we'll get to April, yeah. but before April, um, you had expressed some uh, conversation about um, that you still might have been not necessarily, let's just say not proud, but you had some issues as, you know, identifying as an amputee yeah. uh, before April. We'll get to April soon, but tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, um, well... Um, I never knew an amputee. Okay. I know in hospital they had some gentlemen come in and, you know, but I'm in there and I'm on Demerol or whatever. Sure. And he's ex- describing me prosthetics and amp- like, you know, he took yeah. his leg off right there, you know. <laughs> it's like, okay, this yeah. is totally blew my mind. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And, um... But that was the only amputee I'd really ever met. Okay. Yeah. So. And you're in a you're in a, back in the '80s. This would have been an isolated community, right, yeah. Brandon? So the, your 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 numbers of amputees were quite small, and then oh, to yeah. source them out was tough. So you had never met. So up and so you're you're leading this adult life here, and obviously you're going to clinic. You're getting prosthetics made. Yeah. Uh, um, things are going, but you still had, were you embarrassed? Would, would you call it that? Is that um, something, or is that drast- too drastic for what you felt? No, if anybody ever asked me, like, what happened, I would just tell them my story. I'm, you know. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, I tried to cover it up. Sure. I always wore long pants. Okay. I, you know, when I had short pants, I wore nylon so that they would look almost the same although yeah. one's like super skinny and yeah, the other yeah. one's like yeah yeah but i was trying to cover it up i don't know why i don't know why it just it, it's an identification just so, yeah. thing it's it's a tough thing to to for some people to identify as uh, because you're different yeah uh, and that difference is a hard thing for you is to sink through your mind and you're really you're going through all these life changes and all that kind of stuff and you grew up yeah Right, you grew mm-hmm. up to the age of seventeen, but then you had to restart life at seventeen to where you are now. That's yeah. that's a lot of growth for a person to have to go through. So, you, I met you before, yeah, uh, in clinic here in Brandon, yeah, and we gave you this pamphlet about this limb loss day mm-hmm. that we were having, and were you immediately drawn to it? Was it something that you wanted to attend? One million percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something that was out there, like a difference, right? Right. I've always wondered about support. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I never picked up my phone or whatever and Googled it. Yeah. It, I just never did. And it just so happened, I thought, well, I'm spring is coming. I better get a new prosthesis because I want to do some walking and exercising this year. Mm-hmm. And um, went to the clinic and seen the poster. And I thought, wow, what is this? Yeah. And then when I seen Matt in clinic there... He told me about it, and you were there as well that day. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. I just went home to my husband, and I said, there's this day, It's like it was like a couple weeks away, Yeah. and I'm like, we are going. Well, that's I great. I have to go. I, I truly believe, um, I haven't been as amp- an amputee as long as, as you have, but I, I have started to really 
focus in on some different portions of life and have told a few stories about what I believe and what I don't believe in. And the accident has kind of changed a bunch of stuff, but um, also my, my, when my father passed away, he was 49. Um, There's a lot of life changes that go on. And I, I really firmly believe we are put in places for specific reasons at specific times. Absolutely. Um, whether it's divine information, uh, you know, divine intervention, whatever yeah. your faith is, is your faith alone. Right. But I do believe whether it's karma or faith or whatever it is, yeah. we're put in situations specifically at that time yeah. for reasons we may not understand mm-hmm. uh, at the time. But after you can look back and you say, wow, what that was a change, yeah. right? And it could be as simple as, Jim showing up at the hospital. Yeah. Th- there was a reason he showed up at that hospital on day one. And today, do- like family, grandchildren, yeah. that was the reason that that happened, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we talk about this all the time and it's amazing. So you say, yes, you're going to Limb Loss Day. So you show up, you walk through the doors. And f- for me, the first time I ever did that, it was like this aha moment. Like yes. you're looking around and you see like... Uh, it's a it's a it's a different feeling. Yeah. And so tell me about you know you came to the limb loss day. There's other amputees now around right. a whole place. What what did that feel like for you? I immediately felt like I belonged. Good. And I was proud. Wow. You know, so proud to be part of this group and there's a group now. A group for amputees, something I've been for 31 years. Right. And I have a group. You know, these people are like my people. They know what I'm going through. Wow. They know my struggles. Okay. You know, they can relate. And um, and you have a bigger piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Like we're all, it's fine. And everybody's facing the same thing. But you right. have a, you, you've been an amputee since you were 17, in school, female, yeah. rural Manitoba. You have a bigger piece of the puzzle. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you found that at... Like I said, we're put in these situations for reasons we don't know. Right. So you you instantly felt like a a connection, a bond to some of these people. Yeah. And it was like, you know, like you say, we're put in situations. Mm-hmm. My, I've always said, um, everything happens for a reason. It does. Yeah. And I immediately knew why I had to go for that prosthesis. I immediately knew why. You know, I I just had to be there. You just had to be there. Yeah. So what did you get out of that day? Um, well, the different ways of treating. Okay. Like, you know, Delta 9 was there. Yeah. And that was always something I'd wondered about. Okay. You know, whether that would be helpful. Because I, I get um, periods of nerve pain. Right. It's not always constant. Mm-hmm. I can go like months at a time and not have a twinge. And, yeah. You know. But and when it happens, it's it can be two three weeks of mm-hmm. nerve pain. So it's, I'd always wondered what that medical marijuana would be like. Okay. Um. So actually, talking to her was really helpful. Good. And. Um, what about people connections? The one woman that I spoke to, she was very early on. She just got amputated. She hadn't had a prosthetic. And I just said to, she's like, I don't even know. I don't know why I'm here. I feel like I should go. But my doctor said she would pop in. And I'm like, I know why you're here. Wow. You see, that's a powerful thing, right? Yeah. 
I said, right now you are in a very black spot in your life, Mm -hmm. but just keep going Mm -hmm. because on the other side of that, grief Mm -hmm. is shine. Okay. Yeah. And you will, you know, don't quit. You can't quit. You have to keep moving forward. Good. Good. That's a great way to give back. That's a great uplifting spirit for yourself. So that's somebody that you you chose to connect with, yeah, uh, to help. But you, when you help somebody, you're actually it's therapeutic for yourself at oh, the same yes. time. Uh, was there anybody you connected with that said helped you? Like obviously connecting with her helped both of you. But is there somebody that you um, maybe not gravitated towards, but was 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 a defining factor in what you were doing? Um. Well, you're there, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Like, and you, you, you started you, a support system. Yeah, and built that, and it, I was, you know. Oh, you you also said you 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 got a lot from Reggie, right? Yeah, yeah. Reggie like, Showers is a great fellow. Yeah. Yeah, he's incredible. Okay. Yeah. And did you get any one-on-one time with him after? Uh, not. Oh wait, I did take a a photo, but Matt came and got me immediately when I arrived. Yeah. And he said, you have to meet Reggie. Yeah. Everybody's got to meet Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. So he took me over and we had a, you know, probably 20 minute chat is great. Yeah. Right off the start. Is there anything he said to you that, that stuck with you? Um, when we, when we, um, when we're doing public speaking and I've done some in Reggie, um, when I'm listening to public speakers, yeah, I'm hoping, or when I'm speaking, I'm hoping that I can give you a 40-minute discussion. Right. But if you take one sentence out of that that changes something inside you, yeah. then th- that whole 40 minutes was worth it. You don't have to pull the whole 40 minutes out because nobody's right. going to do that. That's too much. But if you can take a sentence out of that, is there anything that Reggie maybe said that maybe resonated with you and that you took away from that? Right. He... When he he lost his limbs at fourteen, yeah, and that related to me. Yes, like, of all course. I could think of is his life just changed. Yeah, at fourteen, <laughs> you yeah. know, a busy young man yeah. doing his thing in his neighborhood, and boom, boom, done. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then here he is. Here he is. Yeah, he's you know what is it thirty some years later. Yeah, almost forty for almost him. 40, forty, yeah, and. Look what he's doing. Yeah. You know. It's and amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah. So you spent your day there mm-hmm. and you walked away. Did it change who you were? Yes. Tell me about that. I'm very interested in this. Yeah. I. It's great to be an amputee. Um, it's come with a lot of challenges. Of course. And it has limited my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Life is what it what life is. Yes. And now if I, I can accept the fact I'm an amputee, mm-hmm. I know there are others out there that feel the same as me. Okay. Um, looking at the different prosthetics and feet. Yeah. And how like the everything's evolving. Mm-hmm. I feel like ahead of me is a better life. Wow, that's great. You know, because I. Um, I went through years of complete, like, immobility. Sure. Uh, I got into a little bit of depression there. Mm-hmm. After, um, I don't know, in the early 2000s, I guess. Okay. 
and um, began putting on weight. Okay. Yeah. And um, that left me almost completely immobile. Okay. And uh, and very sick. Okay. Yeah. And I did uh, gotten diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, developed an infection that was very severe. It turned gangrenous. This was three almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, had to. I was was in ICU. Had mm. this surgery. And the doctor came up and said, you had a 5% chance of surviving. And you have an 18% chance of living a year. Wow. And immediately I said, my life, my style of life has got to change. Got to change. Yeah. Told my husband to get rid of all the junk food. Okay. And everything else. I'm eating only things that are going to nourish this body. Okay. This body has brought me through all that. Right. It brought me through being 17. Yes. It brought me through all those years and all the surgeries and delivering children and living life. And uh, it brought me through this surgery that I was really not supposed to survive. Okay. But I did. Mm Mm-hmm. And now I've got to do something with it. Okay. And um, when you think about it, like... My granddaughter was seven months old. Mm-hmm. She'd have never known me. Right. My daughters, my one daughter would have never had help that a mother can give right. to another mother. Yeah. Um, my husband would have gone into his golden years without alone. me. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. And I wanted to be there to okay. experience it all. Okay. Yeah. And, and it took that. It took that. And again, you go through things and you don't know why. And going through that illness and the surgery and whatnot and thinking I'm not going to survive a year. Yeah. Um, just uh, has changed my life too. Okay. Yeah. So how much weight have you lost? Over 150 pounds. Congratulations. Yeah. We have something in common. Yeah. Um, I too gained all, like when I had my accident, I was quite heavy. Yeah. Um, and... My wife just looked at me and said, do you want to be there for the kids when they walk down the aisle? Right. And it was like a life-changing moment. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I, too, did exa- I went through the exact same thing. Let's do this lifestyle change. Yeah. Um, I went from 330 pounds down to 220 pounds. Yeah. So we have that in common. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel now? I feel fantastic. Good. I'm out of my bed. Yeah. I'm out of my pajamas, Good. which I lived in for years. Um, and it was all I could do to get to the car to go to a doctor's appointment. Yeah. And my husband would often have to carry a wheelchair. Yeah. And I never use my wheelchair anymore. I'm on my feet. I can walk, you know, anywhere I really want to go. Yeah. Limiting the distance right now. Yeah. But... Um. You've worked hard for this. Yeah. You've worked hard for this. You've gone through more than people. Like that's a, a comment that I make to a lot of people is you deserve that. Yeah. You, you've suffered things that only people dream about in their nightmares. Right. You owe that to yourself to be there. Yeah. But you also owe it to your family. Oh, yeah. And for 
Jiminy Crickets to Jim. He's been there with you for how long now, right? Like, this yeah. is a, this is something that that we owe each other. That we need this, right? That, right. These people didn't sign on. No. And, and now it's time they didn't sign on for this, and they've no. supported us. And right, like who are we to not give back? Yeah. And so you feel great. Yeah. And I found like now that I'm feeling good, people are just getting to know me. Great. You know, like it's like I had secluded myself again from yeah. society. Yeah. The only person I talked to was my husband and my kids. You yeah. Know? Um, and my doctor from time to time if I sure. absolutely had to go. Right. But it was, uh, I've had a lot of family now say, I feel like I've just met you for the first time. Wow. And That's Jim and great. I have been together for over 25 years. That is tremendous. Yeah. So that is a testament to how hard you've worked. Yeah. And you've really, you've come a long way. Yeah. You deserve yeah. this portion of your life and, and you're enjoying it now. Oh, loving it. Loving it. So loving we set it. a goal together that, that we were going to walk together in the, in the Terry Fox, which yeah. is a 5K in September. Yeah. It's tough. It is. It's tough, but you're working towards it. You send me updates all the time about your distances. And, yeah. And how are you feeling about that? Like, are, are you, are, it's hard. It's, it's hard. difficult. But, but, it, but you're trying. I am definitely trying. And you're not giving up. I am not giving up. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and who walks with you? all I can do is 2K, I'm happy with that. Great. And who walks with you? Uh, Jim wants to go. Great. Yeah. That girlfriend I had that stuck yeah. by me, we'd lost uh, touch with each other. She wow. got married and I didn't know her last name. I couldn't find her. Okay. And I happened to run into a friend just recently that... I said, hey, do you have her number? And she's like, yes, I do. And now we're reconnected. And she's like, I want to be with you. I like, wow. how did, how, like, we both lived in Brandon, but we lost each other for 25 years. Now, you see, you said that. Yeah. We just, I just happened to run into a friend you didn't happen yeah. to. That was placed that was for fun. this. I firmly believe that that was placed because at that time you needed to do that. Right. And so do you guys walk together now? Um, little bits. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She's getting over an injury as well. Just, you know, life okay. happens. Uh, a little back injury there. But, um. That's great. This is a great story. Like, you should yeah. be very proud of what you've accomplished. So talk to me a bit about the future. What does the future hold? I'm not sure, but I'm very optimistic I don't know what I want to do, Good. but I feel like it's time to get out and do something with the world, you know? Um, secluded myself for so many years and uh, de deemed myself permanently disabled. Okay. And yes, my disability is permanent, but I don't want it to block the rest of my life. Right. I just, I want to do something. Right. Yeah. Well, life begins on the outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, to use a term, and so are your limits. Your limits are only those which you decide they are. Right. They're outside of that, we're limitless as to what we can actually do. Yeah. Um, talk to me a bit. What would you like to, if we say in a year? Yeah. Or two years, or however long you want to go. What would you right. like to accomplish? What is one thing you've really liked to accomplish? Um, well, you giving me that challenge to do the 5K. Okay. I really want to accomplish that. Okay. Yeah, just so I can like stick it in my back pocket and Good. said, 
I walked 5K. Yeah. Yeah. And for a good reason, too, right? Terry Fox, like, yep. incredible. Yeah, that's great. That's a yeah. great goal. Is there anything else you'd like to accomplish? Have you done, is there something in your life that you've said you've always wanted to do and always felt that you couldn't do it? But now with this whole new personality, this whole new persona that you have, this whole feeling, is there something now you can say, yeah, I'm going to do that? Yeah. I just, I want to help others. Good. That are going through. That's a great goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, any help I could give to somebody is going to help me. And Brandon is a small community. Yeah. And it's tough, right? So you, 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 can, you can really do that. So those are some good goals to set, great accomplishments. Yeah. Um, we've talked for quite a while now, and it's been most enlightening. Um, I'd like to know if we go deeper into this, what have you learned... What have you learned about yourself from not from one to 17, yeah. but from 17 to 47? What have you learned about yourself? Um, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't sit and wallow in the black and blue moments. Mm-hmm. Keep striving forward mm-hmm. because there's light on the other side. So if I'm critical, yeah, that is the advice that you're giving to the other amputees. Yes. I'd like to know what Pat has learned about herself. So all of that information you just gave is great information that I was going to ask you, what would you tell an amputee or what would you tell a girl that's... You now, I give you a call and I say, Pat, hey, I just got a call from a 17-year-old amputee. Yeah. doesn't matter how she became an amputee because that's irrelevant once we get going in life. Your story is your story and it's traumatic. But once we get going, it doesn't matter really what happened to us, traumatic, disease. We're all trying to lead the same path as an amputee. So you're you're discharged to go and see a 17-year-old in Brandon Hospital who is, or an 18-year-old, who has just suffered an amputation, regardless of what happened. And you're going to talk to her about what she needs to do. Right. What do you say to her? Um, stay strong. Stay strong. Yeah. Talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out to anybody who you think you can get inspiration from. Yep. And don't hide. Don't hide. Yeah. Um, people do want to be with you. Yeah. People do want to help you. Okay. Um, you don't have to be alone. Good. Uh, and that it sucks. Mm-hmm. And the emotions are real. Mm-hmm. The feelings are real. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Okay. But you're going to get to the other side and your life is your own. Okay. Yeah. Now, crazy question. Mm-hmm. That 17-year-old is you. Yeah. That 17-year-old is you. What does Pat now say to Pat at 17? Right. Now you now this becomes huge because you know what you were feeling at 17, right? Yeah. No, and I'm not talking about the no fear. I'm talking about that that 17-year-old that's now secluded herself. Yeah. Not really venturing out to be a teenager. What would you say? You know what life has become. Right. You've already gone through that that April 6th day and you're looking towards the future now with 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 bright eyes. Yeah. What do you say to her? Um is it different than what you would say to the other 17-year-old? 
I would like to have told myself to let people in. Okay. Yeah. Um, and move forward a little bit, a little bit at a time, move forward. Okay. And, you know, uh, a lot of it is your comfort zone. Yeah. Get out of that comfort zone. Like yeah. People are going to look at you, but they just, really a lot of people just want to know, oh my God, what happened? Okay. You know. And you're uh, comfortable with telling that? The story? I am now. Okay. Yeah. It was repetitive at 17. Everybody you bumped into was like, oh, what happened? What happened? Uh, of course, of you course. Know? Yeah. That's good. So now we'll go back to that original question. And this is what I, I try mm. to talk to people. What have you learned about yourself? So I really want you to focus on mm. what you have learned about yourself as you go through this, there is something that you're going to be able to say to yourself that you never thought you could be yeah. at that time. Because mm-hmm. in the world, yeah. I meet people every day, every single day that say, oh, I could never do what you're doing. Yeah. And I always say the same thing as that is quite simple, is you do not know what you're capable of until you're faced with that situation. Yeah. I cannot believe that for any reason I could lift a car off the ground yeah. if my kids were inside there. Mm-hmm. But people do it all the time. Right. So who, and we met amputees like that, right? Mm-hmm. We've met amputees that have crawled up the sides of hills in the snow. We've cried. Like these are things you don't know what you're capable of. So what, what have you learned about yourself through this whole process? Um, what can I say? Uh, so it's a tough question I am strong that's good yeah I am capable Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not alone anymore right Um, but you were never alone I was never alone you were never alone you had yes right you had people around you but you had just said let people in yes so what you perceived as alone Mm -hmm. You were never alone. You had people that wanted to be part of that. And us as amputees or us as disabled or us as facing that, we push the people away. Yes, we do. They don't usually tend to fly. Those ones that never came around, those people didn't want to be involved. Yeah. But we, the ones that want to be involved, we tend to force out of the picture, right? Um, So you weren't alone, but yes, that's great. And you are stronger than what you think you are. Yeah. And you're capable of that, which now what I want you to do is I want you to take what you just said about you are strong, you are capable, and you're going to apply that now to this 5K because you know you can do it. Look what you've come through already. From the the accident, the diabetes, the surgeries, the uh, recovering from surgeries that you shouldn't have. Right. Right? From your family Mm -hmm. to the amputation to all of this, you should be able to knock that down as easy as possible. Yeah. So you got to just keep working towards that. Yeah. Um, tell me about your family. Um, your kids. My kids. My I have a 26-year-old daughter. Yeah. She's uh, going to be studying in September to take her LPN. Good for her. Yeah. And she's also the mom, too, which is now my three-year-old granddaughter, Raquel. Mm-hmm. Um, Grandchildren change your life. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. The best thing in yeah. life ever is that little girl. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I thought that of my little girls when they were little girls. So <laughs> now I'm a grandmother, and yeah, she she really. Um, I have to be there for her. Yes, you, you do. Know, yes. I have to take care of my my body, my life, my you know, and I have to get mobile because she's mobile. Yeah. And I have to keep up to her. I want to be there for her. That's great. And Did you grow up with grandparents? Yeah. Yeah. And was it enlightening? Was it a good part of your life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my one grandmother, she had di- <clears throat> pardon me, diabetes and and she was sick. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I didn't really have a connection to her okay. because she was just sick. Um, and I was like eight when okay. she passed. And, um, but my other grandmother, she was a teacher. So it was always like doing things and, okay. you know, working puzzles and yeah. And, and she so it's great. time for you to give that back. Yes. Good. Yeah. So you're proud of her. Yes, I am. Yeah. And then I have another daughter, Ashley. She's 24. And uh, well, we, yeah, she's 20. She'll be 24 this year. Okay. And uh, she's going to go in and take welding and machinist. Good for her. Starting in September. Good for her. Yeah. We need more women's in the trade. That's yeah. the background I came from. And, yeah. and that's exciting. Yeah. That can yeah. open up a world for her. That, that That's great. Exactly. Yeah. She tried taking welding in high school. Yeah. But being 16 in a bunch of room with full of boys yeah, it was it just was too much so. it was too much yeah but she says i loved it i know i was good at it and i want to get back to it but you know and i'm just i'm at that point it's like kid just do whatever you want to do good. the world is yours good yeah that's a great thing to end on is the world is yours it's yeah. yours too you've talked to us about jim and yeah. how he was always there for you um i'd like to wish you Nothing but the best of luck. You deserve it. You've come a long way. Thanks for taking time out of your day to come and talk to us. My pleasure. My pleasure. One thing that we like to say is if this touches one person or helps one person. Exactly. It is more than worth it. More than worth it. Your story is out there. It's a great story. Yeah. Um, Thank you for coming today. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. So great. great. I wish you the best of luck, Pat. Thank you. You too. conversation, information, and education. For amputees, by amputees.